Welcome back to the Front Porch Theology. My name is Heather. I'm your host, and I'm here with Jeremy and Will. And Will. Okay, guys. So uh, we have a few housekeeping things that we need to kind of clear up. And, oh my gosh, um, we have in- this podcast. I wanted to say, Heather, this has in- this podcast has entered into a world of controversy like never before. Dun, dun, dun. And so I think the controversy with our podcast yeah. um, has to be boiled because it didn't used to be there. So <laughs> there's, there's only one conclusion oh, it, I can come not? to. Did it not? I yeah. felt like we had a conversation one time after a, a podcast on Catholicism. Uh, well, okay. There was, there, were, there was one exception. But I'm just saying <laughs> that, you know, in comes Heather, and yeah. then all of a sudden a lot of uh, controversy. Uh, yeah, I know, right? But I was also going to say, like, to your, to you know, the benefit of the doubt here is all these new listeners, like, they're like, who are these guys? I know. Because um, people are really just listening for Heather. They're yeah. Heather fans, without they're question. So, all the Heather fans, thanks for joining us, and we're sorry that you have Jeez. to put up with us. They call themselves the Crazy Cooks. They yes, have, like, a little, right. like, a, yeah. a name. So... Jeremy, you said some things that were that were taken very controversially in the last <laughs> episode. Listen, we're, we are being serious. They're just yeah. laughing, and no, we're, I, we're trying laughing. to take it lightheartedly. Yeah, we yeah, did yeah. have a few complaints come in, and we did have a few additional questions that came in from last episode. So yeah, yeah. Um, so so first off, I want to deal with the, the flippant aspect, right? So it's it's like us three sitting in a room together, and I'm with, and I'm like with my like I'm with I'm with a friend, like we're talking. Right, we're talking about that, things. the The podcast is named Front Porch Theology. Right. The idea so, is that we're uh, hanging out on the front porch. Right. And so I'm, I'm not trying to be flippant with anything, but but these are questions. Actually, these the let's say the the question as far as like it a, feels a like a very informal setting, and, it and is I think an informal setting, right? And that's yeah. what we want it to feel like. Right. But I think sometimes uh, people will hear it, and if it if it sounds informal on an issue that they feel like should be formal, yeah, then it it this can is be not pers- formal. It could be perceived the wrong way, and it will never be formal. I mean, right. it's just not the. It's not the. So you were playing devil's advocate on the last episode. I was. Which let me remind our listeners: the devil needs no advocate. And we but, do this every week for the past three years. Every yeah. week we do this. Um, so yeah. when Jeremy's playing dev- devil's advocate, um, he is being an ally to Satan. <laughs> or, or in this case, this was actually a real position that I've heard before. Yeah. And this is why I bring it up. I bring it up for educational reasons. Right? This was because, the issue of abortion. Right. Because we were talking about the age of accountability and the question was That's like, right. okay, if if uh, if age of accountability is a biblical thing, then doesn't abortion send babies to heaven? Right. And this is something you've encountered. It is. Right? That and people it, have by the way, brought that some, argument to you. This is something I deal with high school students and they're able to deal with it just fine. Right. And and the and the, and the reason the reason being is because we are we're try it's and in this case where it's we want the podcast to be entertaining, but also educational, and and so there has to be that, there has to be that here, right? We if, if we're not at least having fun, um, people don't listen. But we also want to be educational, so there is that. So that's why we're trying to be flippant. But it is it is a something that I've heard, I've brought up in classes. We've we've talked about it here before, actually on the podcast um, several years ago. But uh, yeah, this was something that was I, I am not pro as one person asked. I am not pro uh, abortion. Okay. Pro. Well, thanks for clearing that up. I can, I can even make it so much and call it pro death if if if, if yeah. that if that says what, how I feel strong. We actually <laughs> um, in our next sermon series we're yeah. having a a pro life Sunday, an emphasis right. on uh, on the value and the sanctity of life, and uh, we'll we'll be speaking out against abortion. So when yeah, so yeah. when we when we talk about opposing views, um, it, it's just for the sake of keeping the conversation going. The other thing was uh, 
the we'll see. You said when yeah, we were talking, talking about, about celebrity about pastors, conversions, and, celebr- and whatnot. Celebrity uh, was celebrity Christians. I think yeah, celebrity yeah. Christians. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that my high my high uh, level of skepticism. Um, and, and so I'll say this. I, like, so I, I want to yeah. butt in. So Will did ask you in the podcast, though. Yeah. Are you talking about just celebrities or no. everybody? No, no, no. I, I have a I have a high skepticism of everybody. Now let me let me put that. Let me maybe clarify that. When when you and Will, you can testify to this. When you when you speak to people about being Christians, and ninety percent people tell you that they are Christians, and that they don't understand, especially the gospel, especially in this area. You're right. They've been baptized. They said a prayer whatever it is, right? And, and and that's what they go to for why they are Christians. You can understand the skepticism. All you have to do is a little bit of evangelism to, to become highly skeptical. Because on, you see a lot of people who identify with Christianity yeah. without without understanding the gospel. And, and I would say it's also very biblical. I think Paul even calls us to question our own salvation to ensure that it's something that's genuine. Right, he does this in First Corinthians uh, to make sure that we are actually genuine believers. You have he says uh, to do it with fear and trembling. Yeah, and it, you have Jesus says, "Hey, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into heaven." Right. There, there is a skepticism that is going to exist, and and that not and, and I, one person had mentioned I took a little uh, slightly offense at this, but you know I'm the, it was okay. I was okay after about five minutes. But the idea of like <laughs> it was I, a rough five minutes. It was. it was. We had to deal with. But him. like they didn't want. They wouldn't. They would hate to come to the valley. Because I, because I would question someone's salvation, uh, or they'd have to prove to me their salvation. For, first off, uh, no, right? No one has to prove to me their salvation. What I mean by saying that I'm skeptical is that we are, we, we can um, determine the genuineness by someone's fruits, right? And so when I meet people, which Jesus says, right? It's, it's exactly right. And so, so that's what I mean. I am, I am skeptical. Uh, George, in fact, it was kind of a quote of George Whitfield. When uh, George Whitfield was doing a revival, if you don't know, he's a famous pastor in the, the First Great Awakening. But when he was uh, asked, how many people got saved at your revival? He said, I don't know. We'll see. And that's a healthy approach. Because the opposite, the opposite of 100 people got saved. And then you find out a bunch of people walked away. Now you have people doubting about someone's salvation. Uh, you know, did they lose their salvation? Can right. you lose your salvation? I struggled with this myself. Because when someone professed Jesus, and I go, well, obviously they must believe because they professed. Um, a profession does not mean the salvation. And so if you just count people's professions as salvation, there are consequences to this. And one of them is you start questioning whether or not did, you, did they lose their salvation once they walked away? Did I, did I, am I going to lose my salvation? So that's where some of the skepticism What's the most from. biblical profession of faith? Baptism. Baptism. Yeah. And, and baptisms at our church are very celebratory. So um, I think God has designed the profession of faith to be baptism right. in that it's a— to get in front of a bunch of people and be dunked underwater is a pretty radical but way to to say that you follow Jesus, it is. and it's a, celebra- a celebrating uh, not of the person. culture. We're not celebrating the person, right? We're celebrating Jesus, right? That, that's we say that every single time we do a baptism. We're not celebrating this individual. We're celebrating what Christ has done. So I think the Bible. Work. I think I think Scripture presents this healthy uh, balance that we should be in as Christians. That we're celebratory of the fact that Jesus has saved someone, but we also uh, have a high standard of um, what their life looks like, because if he's really saved them, then the Bible speaks of their perseverance, that they will persevere to the end, that they will overcome, that right. they that, that the spirit that's in them is going to work stronger than their flesh. And if they fail to do so, they bring shame to the gospel. And so th- there is a there's a healthy level of skepticism. Now, I, I, I didn't get to peel that back as much, but I would ask, like, there's, there's a degree of, uh, 
I don't know, believe all things. You know, love believes all things. Um, that we see in First Corinthians 13. So and brothers and sisters, we right. should assume the best, not assume the worst. <laughs> right. I'm, and, I'm, um, I'm not going around going, oh, you're, we'll see. Right? All right. Especially when we just spoke about legalism. But anyways. All right. Good, good answer, Jeremy. Um, and if you can disregard the snarky... Snarky remarks at the beginning. I think we could actually accept those answers and um, move on from them. Uh, No, no, I don't think. Uh, Okay, okay. Sometimes I I come across a snark. You all kind of snark a little bit. We Um, do, and it's okay. People just have to know. So I'm going to move on because we've got we've got a heavy topic. Y'all done a lot, and we got our listeners might have to uh, push pause and do this in two doses. Yeah, this this might be a long yeah two doses. And for those who are upset, they like. Take pause, take a walk, and come back. Listen to this. Our intention is not to upset anyone. No, um, we we actually want to help. Uh, no, and uh, honestly, bring I, understanding you know, I to think some of these um, you know, we had the three of us had talked within our message about you know people come, you know, the complaints. But I think I think it's actually good because then that kind of gives you an opportunity to kind of um, explain a little bit what sure. you said, um, and maybe even. Look at your not not that you needed to, but you know, just no. also look at yourself to make sure that I have an unhealthy <laughs> dose of skepticism. I have, I am very much aware of that. Uh, with, with See, that, that question, that's good that yeah. you can admit that, and that's that's good. Okay, so we're going to move on. We have a question, um, not a complaint, from last week, and I'm just going to read. Um, I'm just going to read the question <laughs> right right how it uh, was submitted. It is it is a good question. Um, it says, hello, I was listening to the most recent podcast, and while you were discussing age of accountability and if babies went to heaven, I had a couple of questions pop up in my, in my head. One, how do all babies go to heaven when limited atonement is presented? And two, we know that God hated Esau even before he was born, so how does that fall into place with this subject? Thank you. So, yeah, I, th- I hope it was clear in the last episode that we, we were not saying that, that babies go to hell. Um, Right. And and what we did make clear, and I hope this was clear, is that is that even infants need a savior. Um, even unborn children need a savior. And so that I think that's clear from the doctrine of depravity. And so understanding that even unborn children and infants need a savior, um, this this person's getting at if, did Jesus die on the cross? Did he know that he was dying for unborn children? Um, and I think so. And, and I think I think the question of, it, you know, did Jesus die for all unborn children who die before they're born or, or uh, die in infancy is a question that is in the hands of God. It's, it's something that I don't think that any of us can adequately answer because it's left to the sovereignty of God. But what we do know is that everyone whom Jesus died for will be saved and given eternal life by grace because he's a great savior to his glory. Yeah, so I, I tend, right, where we can't have a, a definitive answer, are, un, are all unborn children saved? Um, I, tend, I tend to side yes, just given the nature of God. Right. Um, now Esau was, was not a, um, he was going to be born. God was. Because uh, God, God knew that he wasn't going to die in infancy. Right. And, and he was going to bring him about. In fact, he plays a role in Genesis with with Jacob, his brother, in Genesis thirty-two, um, as they are as Jacob is fleeing uh, from his brother. He's scared of his brother, and so God had he has a plan for Esau, even though that is a enemy of God. He's a he's a a, a vessel of destruction. So, and, and that's true, by the way, for the Babylonians, the Persians, all of these people that that the Lord promises to rebuke 
and, and to destroy, he still has a plan. He has a, a plan for Pharaoh. Romans 9 says he raised up Pharaoh to display his power throughout the world. So uh, even though that um, – the reason I think th- we can say that he hated him before the womb, um, and this is unique in, to this maybe life and to lives that are going to be born, given God's sovereign uh, – his, his omniscience. Uh, he knows he's going to be born. He knows his plan that he's going to – how he's going to use Esau to bring about his glory. Um, if he knows that this uh, a child is going to die, uh, then I, that's where I think you, you lean into the goodness of God. And you also, I think you can take um, uh, some, some comfort in how Jesus speaks about children, uh, how naive they are and how they ought to be protect, uh, protected. And even though they are sinful, they, there is a special care that the Lord has for children. Right. The, the discomfort is knowing what Esau is going to grow up to be, right. a wretched sinner whom God's wrath was upon. And thinking of Esau as a cute little baby, yeah. he's a hairy baby, but like a cute, <laughs> a cute little baby. But, but the and, point, the point of it isn't saying that God sometimes hates babies. That's not the point of it. The point of it of, of that Jacob, I loved Esau, I hated before they were born, is to show that uh, Jacob's uh, atonement, that his the the had nothing to do with anything that he did, good or bad. Right. J- God loved Jacob because God is gracious. That passage is to show God's grace. Right. Yeah. So that's. That's Probably the, the best we can do. All right. Yeah. All right. So, um, with that being said, we've taken care of our housekeeping for the from last week. Um, we're going to actually switch gears. So, if you want to uh, just bear with us, we're about to transition into our uh, topic for today. So, you, Heather, led us into this um, this kind of polling of I all did. our new listeners. <laughs> I did. Yeah. What they wanted to they wanted to hear us talk about. Yeah, I did. And um, I think by far. Mental what we're health, talking about today mental is the number one. Was the biggest yeah. um, was the biggest topic that people wanted to hear. Heather, about. why do you think that that was the number one requested topic? Because I think so many. Well, I think two reasons. One, I think so many people struggle with it, um, and because they struggle with it, and because of the past, um, how church has viewed and treated mental health, um, I think that mm. it's caused a lot of problems for a lot of people. So I think a lot of people want to know. Um, what the Bible really says about it, how God feels about it, if mental health is a real thing. Yeah. Um, when I feel like um, a lot of churches mishandle this topic. Yes. And absolutely. I think that's all the more reason for us to address it. Um, yeah, I, ha- I had um, people, I, you know, I, I'm from Logan County, so um, I've lived in Logan, Lincoln, and Cabell County, work in Lincoln and Boone County. I've had people from uh, probably 10 different counties in the state and people in different states. Um commenting on the stuff about mental yeah. health and sending me questions and stuff. So, um, and it actually, a lot of the people even go to church and have pastors, but their pastors do not, um, they, right. they well, and, and I've heard a little bit of chatter. Like, I, I think there's some people who don't like that. We're going to talk about this. Um, yeah, I think, um, it, I think it makes them a little bit uneasy because, because we're not psychologists or we're not, we're not mental health professionals. Um, and so, I wanted to give a disclaimer, if that's yes, okay. Please, go ahead. So I want to I want to speak to that a concern. First of all, we are we are not trying to replace any mental health care professional Absolutely. in any way. Um, these these next few episodes that we do dealing with mental health issues um, and our focus at our church is to help the believer um, and to equip the believer to know how to deal with these issues. Not in any way to step into. Um, in between a, a, a person and their mental health care provider. Um, and so I wanted to make that clear. Yeah. But secondly, I think not only 
not only can we address this, I think we should address this That's because right. because I love love God and His Word, and and I believe very strongly that the Bible is relevant for all things that we face in our life. It's the authority in our life for all issues that we face, and so if the Bible um, has relevance then I think the church needs to speak to that from the authority of the Bible. And so that's that's what we're attempting to do. We're going to try to give a biblical answer and, and viewpoint to questions that are out there. And then where it's necessary, we want to point you to people who have been trained professionally to deal with uh, mental health issues. Absolutely. So um, with that, I'm going to tag, I'm going to tag on, um, you know, because um, of all the severity of mental health issues, um, if you do have little kids and you don't want, um, you know, we're going to be talking about some sensitive mm-hmm. uh, subjects. And if you don't want them to hear that, that might be a time to put your earbuds in or wait. Yeah, I mean, later. well, and little kids probably shouldn't be listening to our podcast no, as a general rule of thumb, anyway. Given <laughs> the way Jeremy talks, cause of Dan, and Willie, and Wonka, and whoever else he's got, Wonka. We- weirdo Wally. Oh, Wonka's going to make a uh, Wonka. Yeah. Um, okay, so mental health. In the church, um, I'm just going to kind of give a few um, little statistics that I found, and then um, we actually had a ton of questions. I had um, I made a, a Facebook post last night and just asked questions about what people would like answered, and I had people texting me answers, and I had people Facebook messaging me um, questions. Um, so mental health is a person's condition with regard to their uh, psychological and emotional well-being. Uh, different types of mental health could be mood disorders, which would be depression, bipolar, um, anxiety disorders, personality disorders, uh, psychotic disorders like schizophrenia, eating disorders, uh, trauma-related um, like PTSD and substance abuse disorders. So um, some of the statistics that I, I was just kind of researching, um, and I looked this up on the National Alliance on Mental Health, um, one in five you, um, adults in the United States experience mental illness each year. One in six youth aged six to 17 experience mental health disorders each year, and suicide is the second leading cause of death in people aged 10 to 34. So, um, with, I mean, they had more statistics on there, um, but I, I, you know, I think just because of the rise in this and, um, especially in the last year, you know, you've had, you've had two big name pastors who've committed suicide Mm -hmm. and, uh, another person, uh, Matthew Warren, Rick Warren's son, um, you've had a lot of, you know, those have been, um, kind of in the news and a lot more people know about it. So I think it's definitely something, um that needs to be discussed and yeah. Cause I think, I think people are silently suffering yeah. in our churches yeah, and, absolutely. and we as people of God cannot allow people in our family, our adopted family um, in the kingdom to allow that to keep happening. And so, absolutely. So, okay. Some of the things that add the stigmas with mental health in the church um, and you all can, if you all want to jump, I can read them one at a time and you all can just kind of speak to them or, um, Okay, a person doesn't have enough faith. Yeah, so I, I've heard, I, I, I met with a woman a while back who, um, she had postpartum depression, and she, believe it or not, still goes to the church that where this occurred at, but her pastor told her that the reason was because she didn't have enough faith and she was in sin. That, that's what it was, right? Sounds um, like Job's friends. Yeah, it really, right. really, really does. Like that cynical, yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's not it, helpful. No, not, not at all. Um, and so when it comes to um, some, uh, the, the lack of empathy 
and compassion that comes with with mental health. Uh, but to say someone doesn't have lack enough faith, so you see you see Christ Himself um, in in the garden the night before He's about to uh, experience cruci- the crucifixion, and He is in, in great anxiety. Right, He's sweating blood, and He's He's says if there's any other way, this cap you know let this cup pass away from me. This is the drinking the wrath of God, and so there is a um, it, it, it is not sinful to be um, to be sad or anxious or fearful. I mean, if that's the case, Christ is not sinless because we see him dealing with great anxiety as he calls him sweat blood. So a lack of faith doesn't um, isn't why you're having the the feelings of fear and anxiety, right? The the lack of a, a faith might help you. Um, uh, travel through that journey, but a lack of fear and anxiety is is purely it's natural. In fact, all emotions are given to you by God because you're made in the image and likeness of God. So anxiety can be bad, it can be good. Fear can be good, it can be bad. Right? It, it, love can be good, it can be bad. Um, and so a lack of faith or an increase of faith may not c- decrease anxiety or fear for what you're going to suffer through or what you are suffering through. It may give you some clarity of the bigger picture. Um, and so, with with that being said, uh, th- th- that is a that is a deeply deeply unhelpful phrase that you just need to have more faith, especially when someone's going through the the, the, the valley of it, right? And to tell someone you just need to have more faith, well, someone can have faith that the Lord's going to pull through, that He's going to be faithful, but still be fearful and anxious about what's happening to them. Yeah, well, and actually, I mean, that's why we're preaching this month through Psalms of Lament to to remind the church that. Those feelings aren't sinful, and they're actually very prominent even in in Jesus's hymnal. Like right, the books that, or the songs that were given in Scripture, tons of them deal with sadness and depression and um, anxieties. And so, like Psalm six that we're preaching this Sunday, yeah. um, David David has a lot of faith as he's writing this song. He's very confident in what the Lord will do, but he says, "I'm flooding my bed with tears." Right. And so he's like, he's being honest about the way he feels, even though he has faith. He's still very depressed, very, very anxious and fearful. And so, um, I think I think what we ought to be doing as pastors is not saying you don't have enough faith, but rather saying um, the Lord is near to you in these times. Yeah, right? he, he's close to you. He, he he understands. Well, when you shame people for the emotions, right? What they try to do and is is they try not to have the emotions. And then when they do, they feel guilty for having the emotions. Yeah. And so they never deal with the core of the emotion. They're dealing with the fact that they have the emotion. But that's part of the human experience, and that's really part of being a Christian. I think when you look at People who follow the Lord faithfully in Scripture, they do have anxiety. They do have fear. They do have, uh, you know, they, they struggle with being sad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you worship a God who grieves over over sin. Right. I mean, this is something that, that should be an, ex, an expectation of anyone who follows right. Christ. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for just as not, not that, but um, let's talk about what you just said. You said shame. Um, you know, Will said earlier, um, our people are suffering in silence. Yeah. Um, and I think a big part of that is because of the shame that they feel because. Mm-hmm. Um, what does the Bible say about shame? What does God, how does God feel about shame? Oh, man. Um, I, so I spend a lot of time, I do a lot of counseling with the church, and I spend a lot of time talking about emotions. Yeah. Um, because people feel ashamed of their emotions, um, and so I try. What we, what I try to do is pull back the curtain and say, okay, um, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. God is angry about things. It's it. You know, um, with the question of should I be angry about certain things? We, we those conversations can happen. Should I? You know, but the fact is, the emotions are are, are, okay, are not the problem. 
Um, when it comes to shame, the, the reason we feel shame is because it, it's, it, when, what is it? Like an embarrassment, right? I shouldn't yeah. have this. I shouldn't be experiencing this. Um, so a lot of times it's a false expectation of what we're supposed to experience. So when constantly when we're saying, hey, you should be happy, joy, 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 you know, it's got to be turned up as a Christian, right? I mean, I've had, I've had pastors right. tell me they cannot celebrate Jesus if it's if they're lamenting um, that they it has to be exciting and, and you know, whatever. And so it th- th- that, that's a real shame. Um, that That is a shame. That should be embarrassing. <laughs> That right. you can't worship Jesus in the midst of your sorrow. Right. Um, so I, I think the way you deal with shame is to pull back the false expectations of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to experience this life, to show, hey, you are going to experience these things. You will deal with these. And the shame that's been torn from you isn't the experience of, of these emotions. It is it's the it's the repercussions of your sin. And, and it, you, don't, you don't carry that guilt burden anymore. That's the shame that's been pulled away from you. Not, not the, hey, I'm not going to be able to, I can't be happy today. And there, I think there's also a correlation. We can talk about this, but a correlation between happy and joy. I'm always to be joyful, but I don't always have to be happy. Right. right. Well, Jesus wasn't always happy. Right. Yeah. Far from it. Um, I, I looked up uh, one of my favorite verses that speaks to this, Psalm 42.11. Um, it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? So there's just this dark um, recognition of the the feelings they have. And, and then it says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And so there's this beautiful sense of even in our darkest times, um, God is glorified and pleased that when, um, when, we are at, when we're having our most difficult days, when we can still praise him, that is, um, that, that's really a testament to his, to his glory. Okay, so let's talk about um, some of the other things. Um, like I'm, I'm sure this is a term we've all heard. Uh, pray it away. Yeah. What do you, uh, I mean? Speak on that, Will. Uh so yeah. When we're talking in in terms of mental health, um, praying away the uh, the difficulties of what whatever mental health issue it may be, or or, or even any issue. Um, so Paul gives us a very good example of this um, when he talks about what he calls the th- his thorn in the flesh. Right? We don't know exactly what the thorn in the flesh is. It, it could have been some kind of mental uh, problem, but we, we don't know what it is at the end of the day. But I think the principle of Paul's thorn in the flesh applies to a lot of different things. He says, um, he says, I, I've prayed multiple. He says, I've prayed many times. For the Lord to take this away, so it was something that caused him grief, caused him pain. He believed that it was even like hindering um, him in a lot of ways. But but he also saw God's sovereignty in it. That even though he was praying uh, for God to remove it, he also acknowledged it's not in God's will for it to be removed at this time. And and so um, he he acknowledges that it's it's to be used by God for God's glory. That that even in the midst of the suffering that Paul had to go through that he was able to carry out the mission of God and, and bring worship to his God. And so should we pray for these things to to be diminished or to go away? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we should pray for deliverance for some of these things. But we above all, we should pray for the Lord's will to be done. And we and we understand in God's sovereignty that it may not be in his will for these, these trials to be taken away from us completely. And so our focus ought to be in our prayers, not that we're just getting comfort, but we're praying, God... If you don't take this from me, Lord, show me how I can glorify you in the midst of this. Right. Yeah, I was going to say the First Peter 5, 6 
7 8. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Um, it There's a, a Spurgeon quote. I can't remember exactly, but it's, it's the idea is the same hand that has pushed you down is the same one who, who lifts you up at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a... Um, I think humility is is oftentimes. I, so I, I I've talked about. It. I have social anxiety. I have, um, and so like I'm someone who wants to be hermit. Will joked about it Sunday. Uh, I, I I like I like to be in you know, large crowds. Bother me. I feel deeply uncomfortable. If you go ever to like a, a an Acts twenty nine conference, you can or any conference that we've ever been to. Like I'm like running back to the hotel room. You just will, disappear. I do. I disappear. <laughs> um, and I didn't need to take a breather. Right. There's there's a uh, it's like that feeling of claust- like being claustrophobic. Um, so there is a um, a great deal of humility that comes that you I think you have to have when when. Uh, especially with anxiety or any sort of emotional or mental health, um, and, and that is realizing that I I, I can't do this. I, I need him. Um, I can't. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think this idea that I gotta have enough faith and lift myself up that that's just not biblical. It's not biblical. There has to be a an understanding that I am I'm pleading to my God. Uh, I need your help. I cannot do this by myself. And I think that's when it's this idea of casting your anxieties on him is, is a lot of what this is referencing. I think that's what you see David doing in Psalm 6, Psalm, uh, was it, uh, Psalm uh, 32, Psalm 69. The Lord, he, the David, David is, is, is casting his anxieties, admitting that I can't do this. He's, it, the, the, the situation has humbled him. And it doesn't make it go away. And this and this principle applies broadly too. Yeah. It's, it's not even just with mental health, but True. like what you see is um, even with like health, wealth, and prosperity preaching, um, praying away your mental problems, whatever yeah. it may be. Um, that's that's not good theology. No. And and our theology, which is of the Reformed tradition, the doctrines of grace, teach a very uh, very low view of man, a very high view of God, and that's healthiest because what we see in that is that. Um, it, it promotes a weakness of man and yeah. that we understand our weakness and, and we throw ourselves at the mercy of God and trust in him for all things. Well, I, I know you were reading where, where Paul had the thorn in his side, right? But it, mm. that was given to him to to humble him, to right. show that he needs the Lord. Right. And so, like, I, that's why I say when, when I don't look at my social anxiety or, um, you know, when it comes up, I've gone to counseling for, for anger management. Um, I don't look at these things as... as uh, I feel guilty for them. They part. They are part of who I am. They've also part of what what, I, what I've been redeemed from. And in, 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 in the end, um, when the Lord promises in Revelation twenty one four, right, that every tear from their eyes, their uh, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. I can look forward to that and say, man, I, I can look at what I who I am and what I have and what I struggle with, and see that this is going to be taken from me. Um, and the Lord loves me despite these things, and these things cause me to depend on Him. Uh, for in a myriad of different situations, I have to depend on Him. So oftentimes, these things that are seen negative in the church, um, our thorn and our sign is is also a call to uh, to depend on the Lord. That's really good, Jeremy. Uh, that actually. Gosh, I can relate to that a lot. Um, like one of the things that I struggle with, and um, we'll get to our questions in just a second. So, uh, mental health is something that um, kind of runs rampant in my yes. family. Um, I struggle with anxiety and depression, and like because of that, when I am like going through seasons of depression and stuff, like the only way that I can like pull myself up out of it 
mm-hmm. is by getting it like even if I'm not like even if I'm not wanting to because you know when you're like when you're in a bad place you don't want to read your bible you don't want to go to church and right. be with God's people and because you know you just um you feel like you're going to be rejected and you feel like you know you have shame for the feelings and stuff you feel but like that's when like God speaks to me the most whenever I can like pull myself up out of it and and read scripture and pray and um yeah. And that's what he wants us to do. Um, not, not long ago. Um, I mean, I, I remember just being like having those feelings like I didn't want to leave the house. But the, the, right to, to just open up scripture. Literally at one point I, I was just in bed reading scripture because like I, I, there's nothing else I could do to really to, to kind of get in that, yeah. that healthy place. Yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's really funny. I read a book. Um, <laughs> I read a book about two years ago. And um, I have a lot of... Um, I had a lot of traumatic stuff happen to me in my childhood, and um, I'm actually going to counseling now to kind of work through a lot of that. And the book was called uh, No More Faking Fine. Mm. Um, it's a lady named Esther Fleece wrote it, and um, she really talks about lament and um, talked about the book of Lamentations and stuff. And for a long time, um, I was like, I'm going to read the book of Lamentations because, you know, you really don't just read Lamentations for a good time. Um, you yeah. know, it, so I avoided it for a really long time. Like, I read it the one year that I read through my Bible, but I it's probably... It's graciously short, though. It's, right. It is so short. Like, it's, what, four chapters, maybe? Five. Four or five chapters. Yeah. Um, but, man, um, this past summer, um, I was in a bad spot and um, with my depression. And I went out on my back porch because that's kind of my place where I can breathe and get peace. And um, I read through Lamentations, and I was like, what an idiot I am not to have read this because there's so much good truth in it. Um, Ecclesiastes about, the same way. About how God's just, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. God will redeem you and restore you to him and stuff. Um, so so I, I tend to like Ecclesiastes when I'm, when, I'm, whatever, it's when I'm feeling like, when I'm struggling. I love to read that, even though it's like, it's kind of a, somewhat a depressing book he's like nothing matters nothing matters all that you have nothing matters but it, but it, it's it's in it's just in the end like all that you built up it's gonna it's gonna go away and that's the good and the bad yeah um like so so you know you you had mentioned it i you know i've gone uh you know those of us who maybe who experienced childhood trauma um there is a great relief to know that these things will be will be torn away from us Absolutely, uh, and yeah. so like i i, I uh yeah, and, and sometimes counseling can counseling and and just a time in the word can can bring us and remember we can remember those things. Yeah, so um, we're you know we're talking about scripture. I used to really roll my eyes um, at Philippians four thirteen. Yeah. I can yeah. do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When everybody me. puts it on there, well, well you know, because and... everybody uses it for everything, right, and yeah. it really takes away the meaning and the oh, value of it. It does. Um, but I love the beginning of the chapter four, where um, it talks about, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus." Um, and that is something that actually my counselor. Um, a while back, like we were um, working through some stuff, and you know, what I long for the most is the peace of God, because um, because of the stuff in my mind and how my brain has been rewired um, because of the trauma, and um, so like that um, that passage of scripture has a totally different meaning to yep. me, um, and it's not like I've. I've actually found value in it again. Yeah. Um, that sounds bad, but um, it's you know it's not something that I've become desensitized to. So yeah. there's so much there's so much about suffering 
um, in the Bible, though, and I think mental illness yeah. falls into this, that, yeah. <clears throat> that really in the midst of those things is, is when the Lord is is actually praised the best. Like, yeah, the absolutely. loudest praise comes out of a place of darkness. And um, I want to share this quick thought, um, and then we can move on. But Lamentations, you were mentioning that book. Yeah. It's five chapters. Chapters 1, 2, 4, and 5 have 22 verses. Chapter 3 has 66 verses. It's a Hebrew acrostic. There's yeah. 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so it's built, if you write it out on a whiteboard, it's built like a pyramid. Um, so it builds up, and then there's a lot of verses in the middle, and then it, and then it kind of goes back down. And all of it's like pretty depressing, um, yeah. all these all these kind of complaints um, um, to the to the Lord that are that are voiced to the Lord. But if if you look at the acrostic and the and the amount of verses and all that, you the top of the pyramid, the the actual middle of the book, um, is is this? It says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases; His yeah. mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. And so Lamentations is just a giant testimony to the fact that in the middle of your darkest days and biggest struggles, the Lord is steadfast. He is not shaken. He's there with you. He's there for you. I actually read that right before we started recording calls. Um, you know, Will and Jeremy probably would be gentlemen and not tell you, but I was kind. I'm still kind of like sweating through this episode. Yeah, um, you've applied deodorant I've a lot of times. I've put deodorant on a couple of times. Um, <laughs> not, not because because this is such an important topic, and I just want us to do it justice and um, hopefully yeah, bring good. comfort um, and peace to somebody who is struggling with this. So. With that being said, you are doing really good. I'm really proud of you all, so don't blow it now. Yep. Um, that was a mountaintop moment. So we've got 10 questions. Um, we'll try to get through these um, the best that we can. And if we don't get to your question today, maybe um, we can do like a wrap-up uh, podcast at the end of the year and maybe wrap up some of or the Or we can just go really long. And, and or we can hit pause now really and yeah. deal with the questions next. I think it's important. I just want to add, I don't know if we've mentioned it, but we're having professionals come on. Yes, we are. Um, And I made sure that when I posted my post last night, you know, there were some, um, I think, concern. And, you know, the three of us have went through the questions several times. I kind of gave you all a briefing last night on what they would be. We discussed it (laughs) at length earlier just because um, I was freaking out. Um, But That was more for you than Yeah, that was more for me. (laughs) Yeah, that was more for you. Y'all just got to let me me talk it out, walk it out. Um, I should have walked it out. Um, But... We are going to have professionals on. We're going to we're going to um, target grief mm-hmm. and we're going to trauma. Uh, trauma in in our next two episodes um, because those are um, heavy topics and we know that a lot of people are suffering this time of year um, with grief um, with it being the holidays and they not just this time of year all all throughout the year mm-hmm. um, but especially around this time of year you know you're remembering the things that you've lost and different things and. Um, you know, for some people who have um, traumatic childhoods or family dysfunction, um, it's a hard time for them as well. Um, so we're going to, uh, we will have professionals on here. So if you guys have more questions, keep them coming. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something that <laughs> Will and Jeremy um, are confident that they can answer all these questions, if it's something that I feel a, a professional <laughs> needs to answer, I will. Uh, well, but Heather's like the referee. And, and that and might she's be the like, answer, though. The man, yeah. uh, one of the questions, I, I think my answer is, uh, yeah. See a professional. Yeah. Um, so we, we will definitely um, talk to those professionals. And um, any questions we don't get answered here, they will definitely uh, be answered with those two episodes. Um.